Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. I'm Dave. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I want more life, fucker. Or father. Cue the theme song. If only you could see what I've seen with your eyes. Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. You're reading a magazine, you come across a full-page nude photo of a girl. Is this testing whether I'm a replicant or a lesbian, Mr. Deckard? Just answer the question, please. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. (laughs) Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Time to die. Guess what we're doing today, ladies and gents? I'll tell you in a sec. But first, we have Dave on the show for the first time. Welcome, Dave. First time. Thanks, guys. It's uh, great to be here. I've I've really been enjoying the podcast, but at the same time, also been doing an awful lot of cursing you. uh, (laughs) And then, uh, unfortunately, sitting back and sitting with some of the comments and saying, you know what? You just trashed a movie I love. But... uh, Damn it, they got some points. We're never wrong. That's the thing about us. And now you can scream at us live. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of texting you passionately in the background. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, Angrily. It is true. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do Blade Runner today. 1982 classic, cult classic, I guess you would call this one. We got uh, Harry Ford, Indiana Jones solo, uh, Sean Young, Rutger Hauer, uh, Edward James Olmos and his moon-like surface face, Daryl Hannah and a few other cast. You know, one of the things I do when we do this podcast is I just look up on Google to confirm the cast and have it handy so I can read it off. And it's all current pictures. And because of the theme of our show, everybody's so fucking old now. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Daryl Hannah's had some obvious work I do done. that for the Instagram account too when I'm, when I'm trying to figure out who to hashtag and stuff. And then it shows, like, once again, the current, their most current photo. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, it's like they all melted. <laughs> They've all melted. I, I don't know. Her face feels pretty plastic in this movie too for me. Yeah. I, I, even, even back here. But uh. That's true. Uh, so Blade Runner follows uh, a futuristic Earth where um, people have been cloned and given abilities not super natural abilities but they are better humans and they've been sent off world to fight in wars and do some manual labor shit like that um and the whole story here is driven by the fact that a few of them have broken free and landed on earth um to live out the last of their days finding a way to live longer and then we have a um a blade runner uh, which is basically a cop that hunts down these replicants uh, named Deckard Kane, and we follow his activities as he tries to hunt down the, the replicant. I think that's the first time I ever knew what his last name was. I always just call him Decker. Oh, it's, it's maybe it's not Deckard Kane because that's from um, the Blizzard <laughs> game, not Warcraft. Uh, Diablo. Oh, I was going to say. It's Rick Deckard. Oh, well. 
I didn't ever know his first his name. I did not. I did not either. Nobody I was, I was rolling with that. I was. I was sticking with you. I thought it was come a while I, and listen. I just assumed he'd looked it up. Love Diablo and Diablo two. <laughs> Three is a little questionable. All right, this isn't a video game nice review. Save. Yeah, it was pretty good. Rick Deckard was his name. That's actually yeah. disappointing. Only to be outdone by Daryl Hannah's character, whose name is Pris. So yeah, like yeah, Prince on the yeah, like Prince bit. without the N. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, definitely a dystopian future movie. Um, the first wasn't thing this I... the 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 birth of steampunk, or isn't this kind of credited to? Yeah, kind of very well. That's could what be. I heard. I think, yeah, anyway. very well could be. Yeah. It um, was either yeah, it was either around the exact same time. I wonder if it was influenced by steampunk or influenced steampunk, but. Yeah, either or. Was the latter. If you think back to a dystopian future with an old, old movie like Logan's Run or something like that, um, this movie was like really fulsome in its set design and um, the way they set up the world. It's just so dark and dingy. Um, now, is this movie set in a particular city? Would it be like it was a Los Hong Angeles? Kong? It yeah. was L.A. Just so, a heavy Asian influence. So here. I would say the first thing I noticed. Um, looking at it critically was, and I'd never noticed this before, but what it does, and and maybe this was at the time, is that it does differently than the way movies are today. Is if you watch a Guardians of the Galaxy, it'll have an establishing shot or two of like the planet, like that they're on, and then it goes straight to the characters, and then you know the raccoon and uh, Groot are like at the fountain. This movie doesn't do that. This movie like lingers in its in its special effects, especially in the first couple of scenes. Like it like sits and like slowly takes you through the way the world looks and it's kind of like really masturbatory like he, special he keeps, effects. He, he keeps bringing you back to it too. Like there's times that he'll let a shot just hang on for an extra 10 15 seconds. I remember one shot in particular where they the two characters in the scene walked off the set and then the camera panned and let you watch people on bicycles for about 15 seconds. So it's just yeah. just establishing that world over and over again as opposed to an establishing shot. But I'm wondering nowadays just feeling about the pace of the movie it really drags because he's so impressed with what he was able to do with the models and like the special effects that he really 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 affects how quickly the story is told and it's at a, an incredibly slow pace which i'd never noticed before and it's because he's leaving you looking at shit all of the time and the music too is slow and hit and miss yeah but like sometimes the music's really good and then other times the music's terrible so i don't know experimental in nature almost right? yeah for the time definitely the, yeah. the mix of synth and just long drawn out tones because i kind of um, like the music in the beginning but then some of the music in the middle is really bad some of the high synth is really hopeful yeah and, and the the ending music for the credits is the worst yeah like it's the worst that it has that yeah. Shit going through it. It's like, what the fuck is that? I usually don't think you should go back and fuck with the music in movies, but like two movies that I think you should. Scarface is going to Scarface be like... is no, Scarface is number one. That Take It's to the Limit song in the montage needs to go. Someone needs to go in there and remove maybe that even whole montage. No, Just the remove whole, the whole all montage. The music from the whole movie. I think at one point especially. he walks out of the bank with a bag of money with dollar signs on and he's holding it up and showing all his friends. It's terrible. Okay. And then this movie, once again, I feel like you could make this movie a lot better by doing new music for this movie. Mm. But... Did I'm, they do that in Blade Runner 2? They took... They definitely took... 
like it's a good question. The I tone think, and the style from yeah. the first one, and they, but it's they not modernized it. Yeah, yeah. it's more yeah. contemporary. But this isn't a movie that I remember the music for. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never by the soundtrack. I'd never like listen to it on Google Play or. But I remember Apple, it for hating the music, even when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, that's, that's what you don't <laughs> want. Interesting. It's I, I think that I'll just give it a little bit of grace. Is that it's uh, it, like I said, it's very experimental. It's by what is it, Evangelist? I think was the yeah, uh, it was the him. artist, all synth. Um, and I think that they did, in, not to talk about Blade Runner two, but they did a great job. I think of revisiting that, but in a way that's a more palatable to today. But yeah. I actually started to watch a, a guy who does some some streaming, creating music from synth. And so it's kind of interesting to learn a little bit about it. So I think it was bold and it was bizarre and it was jarring and it sort of made you a little bit uncomfortable at times, but maybe that's what it was meant to do. That's I why know. I like But the, it wasn't good. Like, but, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, the, the, oh, like I said, it's, it's almost hit and miss. I'd say half the music kind of still works. Right. And another half does not hold up. And that doesn't mean the movie doesn't hold up. Just a lot of the music today makes it seem silly, uh, which is bad. Yeah. Right? You don't want that. Uh, you can't. That's what's really tough about making movies where you use contemporary music, too, especially like music that's feel, like in the pop culture. But when you say redo the mu- mu- music for this movie, I'd be afraid to put in something modern. It might break the whole like there isn't a single modern song moment in it. And I think if you tried to do that, it might. Yeah. And I'm joking on the most part. I don't think you should be going back and changing the history of a movie. Like director's final music. Yeah. Because (laughs) there's so many cuts of this movie. Because I've complained so much about Lucas going back and we adding things and stuff in his movies that I would never suggest someone go back and we do the music. Yeah. Yeah. But like as a joke, I feel like if you're doing it for fun, you listen to the show and you're, you want to do it. You go ahead. You oh yeah, <laughs> but I mean, music also like making my own things. Like a song, completely changes the scene every time. One of the things that maybe in like I was you know bragging my nice little home theater at home where I get to listen and I got speakers all around me and Dolby Atmos firing. That's the the music just absolutely vibrates right through you. So there it it it, it has an emotional effect when watching it in that kind of an environment. Mm-hmm. So I think that that has some value for sure. Yeah. Um. I- <clears throat> oh, and you then so I I also feel like that. What do you guys? You guys never really commented. What do you guys feel about that kind of slow pacing and that like that real slow look? Look at my special effects. Ooh, look at this special effect. Ooh, the car goes by. It's look I, at the <clears throat> sign. It's it's um. If it was about the special effects in particular, it would bug me. But it's kind of about the set design and. I don't know. I hate the saying the world, the world building, world, yes. but but that's kind of what it is. I, I actually I did a bit of reading on the movie and some of the attention to detail that you don't even get to notice is there. So I don't mind some of it. I don't find it slows it down because this whole movie's pace is very deliberate and slow. I think kind of for myself anyway, kind of detrimentally to the whole movie. Because um, really this movie boils down to uh, what does it mean to be human? Or at least it's kind of supposed to. Um, and whether or not it does a good job at that, we can talk a bit about later. But a lot of the deliberate pacing, does it work for me? Not particularly, but I do enjoy seeing like the uh, the fluorescent light umbrellas. Um, and, <laughs> I just you know, some feel... of the close-ups of the streets. I don't know. It just it adds it adds length to a movie that's already going to feel long. Because then when it gets back to the actual story and what's going on, that is slow and deliberate as well. So I guess it matches in terms of tone and theme. Just not a lot happens. Like the one thing that I really noticed in this movie is there's not a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's a two-hour movie. Yeah. So like not a ton happens, surprisingly, because I always felt like a lot did. But not a, 
there's not there's like maybe 12 scenes like literally in this movie and it's two hours long and it's because i really feel like it's because of all of the stuff in between the scenes and i feel like you get the world already because uh, be, you know i mean i just feel like it's a little heavy-handed I, I, I'm excited to talk about this, where you get a movie that just slows down and let you sit for a while or extends out a scene. Um, I've really fallen in, in love in the last few years with all of Kubrick's movies going back to, and directors that have, for me, because it works for me, the courage to just let you sit in a moment for a while. The courage to just let, let, a, let, let an emotional beat that just happened hang out with you for a little bit. Um, really is resonating with me. 2001 does that. There's tons of other movies that do that, and they... They bring me into the world more. They don't take me out of it. They leave me alone with my thoughts for just a minute. And I find that when we go to the theater today, you're just bombarded with the next image. Yeah. No, and it's the That's movies a fair that point. don't... The movies that don't... Um, I hate movies that pander to what they consider a stupid audience. If they don't do that and they make an intelligent movie where this is an emotional moment, we're going to let you sit with that for a minute. Mm -hmm. I, I love that too. Mm -hmm. and, and I really appreciate when I get it. Like uh, Terrence Malick's movies do a really good job of some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Kubrick, of course, was a master of that. This movie, though, yeah, doesn't quite say hit that. the same feelings for some of the scenes where it draws it out and lets you go. Like... Um, except for like certain key ones, like, um, at the end when, uh, when, um, Deckard's fighting with, um, uh, mm -hmm. Birdie, what the hell's his name? Um, uh, Rutger. Roy. Rutger Roy, yeah. Yeah. With Roy. And then Batty. they're in the rain. Batty. Roy, that's Batty. it. Yeah. yeah thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, they're in the rain and there's like that whole, there's a whole lingering between them as he's dying. And, and, and I'm just like, oh, just, I would agree I with that, that to too, because I, shining. I, I read something that, no, it's, it's kind of funny. I'll give a couple of points where you're hundred percent right, but at the same time, in hindsight and analysis, I went back and went like, okay. So, so there was, there was a comment and this may be totally off base. You can cut it out if you don't want it, but, but where, um, uh, Scott's brother was diagnosed with cancer and died within 12 months during the time that he was making this movie. And they said that, I don't know if he said it or if someone else said it about it, but that death scene at the end is about just basically a brother or a distant relation, just sitting there and watching him accept his fate and die and so it's kind of like layered with something that is not there at all i was yeah. a little more into it but yeah. that's not a great example i'll give you just one more too yeah so in the what's the name of the uh, the stripper with the snake uh, uh i can't remember it doesn't matter but she's the, one of the replicants yeah, yeah she gets so, shot so brutally in the street yeah, Zora. I, I was Zora. not into any of that part of the story at no. all it dragged on it wasn't interesting i didn't care about her yeah and then it drags on for so long after he shoots her and stares at her someone when I was reading about it pointed out that this is him starting to digest the fact that maybe he doesn't have a moral occupation and she didn't fight back. She didn't do him any harm. He doesn't know anyone. She did harm. She started and strangling it, him by yeah. his neck. Well, but she, she, more, she, more she, like she's just trying to get away. But if someone didn't he, come in, he would have been dead because someone walked in on her strangling him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she knew he was there to kill him. Death. She knew he was there to kill him. So is it a possibility that she's just trying to fight to survive and get away? And then he's standing there afterwards thinking, did he just essentially track her down and shoot her and kill her in cold blood is his occupation a moral one and i thought okay well if you lay that on top which is not there no so i can't have really, to be told i admit yeah. i can't really do that and but. that see that goes beyond me being a smart person and figuring it out and reading under yeah. the line like yeah. it's got to be a little bit more on the nose i'll totally admit, i went through the yeah. whole movie assuming i was dumb and would have to go and analyze it later with someone's help and that doesn't make for a great movie yeah. necessarily. No, like, I, I, I hate that. I, I hate would, when you have to have supplementary material. It has to either be in the movie or it's not in the movie. Yeah. yeah, I would say like at that scene where he shoots her, he definitely doesn't take pleasure in it. 
Like, he wasn't, like, a, this hungry cop who's out just to kill, and he loved killing replicants so much. Like, he mm-hmm. gets her, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's like... Face, for sure. Yeah, right? So, whether or not he's questioning his moral <laughs> responsibilities, I don't know about that. But, but, but certainly, I get that he, he there, doesn't enjoy his work. I, there like, is something that's okay with a movie that, that allows for interpretation or doesn't necessarily yeah. feed it to you. So, just a second ago, when you said that, you know, you don't want someone that has to be super smart to be able to enjoy the movie... I don't know. I want to be careful with that because I think it is okay for the director. I, I appreciate it, in fact, when everything is not explained. But and, there is a sweet spot. And yeah. I'll agree with that. I love Terrence Malick's movies for the most part. And I love Stanley Kubrick. But I, I would also agree that this movie, the, the things he's doing in this movie don't warrant something that, that it's, not, it's not the same as The Shining no. or Clockwork Orange. Like This is a science fiction action movie. And I feel like he just wanted to put in as much of the special effects as possible because he thought they were cool. So we linger on them like for far too long. And that's not, doesn't make the movie the worst. Like th- that's not what doesn't hold up about this movie. It's just, I really, really noticed it this time. Yeah. In, in 4K, it's breathtaking. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it is. But doesn't so, make it right, but it's breathtaking. So if we go back though, because we're like way in the weeds, the first speed bump was that for me because that opening was really long. And then the second speed bump is when he's in the office with his former boss and he's like, and he's like, I want you to get the skin jobs or whatever. And he gets up and he's like, forget it. And then his boss is like, hey. And then he stops and he's like, if you're not cops or something, he's like, you're nobody or whatever. And then there's this pause and he's like, so no choice? He's like, no choice, buddy. And I was like, that's terrible. That's, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand what that, like, what are, I don't. What was that exchange? Yeah, like, I don't understand what that means. So what is he saying? Is he threatening him? Like, I yeah, yeah absolutely, don't. right? He's saying that I'm going to make your life hell if you don't take this job. And I, I know, mean, you know, but I feel like that wasn't enough of a threat. Like, he if, arrested him to get the meeting, right? It's so just, more it's, of that's coming. It yeah. just seemed like way too easy. I feel like that wasn't enough of a threat. He would have had to have actually threat threaten him to get him to stay because he turns way too quickly okay so here's the thing is that we have an answer to this question now with the new blade runner but when this movie came Mm. out there were questions on is deckard a replicant or not and if deckard is a replicant which we now know he is but let's assume that we didn't know that. i forgot that he was he's a replicant yeah then then (laughs) okay well well, then now that scene makes more sense because he's pulling him in and he's basically like you're a skin job it's just that you're job so is to kill the others so that knows, threat would be more real does i don't think that's De- no i maybe but decker decker doesn't know we right? know that at that time until maybe the end <clears throat> yeah which we can talk about but yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, i don't think that movie ever answered that question it doesn't that which is kind well, of one of the draws of it i mean it, it it's, it's, a, it's a little meta but ridley scott answered the question yeah and then went back and did the final cut and then put in the scene of the unicorn dream and the unicorn origami, if it's not too early to mention that. <laughs> so, and and that final scene yeah, when see. when Deckard picks that, up the unicorn and see. then nods and acknowledges. See, that means yeah. all of that means nothing to me no, as a viewer. Like, so, none so of that means remember, anything to me. No, I know, but oh. I, you know what I'm saying. No, 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 like, no, I'm not gonna argue that. I'm just gonna say, remember when um, uh, when Deckard knew Rachel's memories yes. and said them to her and then she she realized that he knew. The implants, That's what's yeah. happening with that other, like, uh, I don't know, gigolo cop. I don't know what the right word is. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that level. No, that's <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, yeah. I, I agree with I. I agree that's what you can get on the internet, but I don't agree that it's in the movie. I I don't it, agree that and only in the final cut. And honestly, I've seen this movie so many times. The different cuts with the horrible voiceover so I, without so and yeah, the final, and I'm like, what the hell? I know ab- about that voiceover. They basically took the movie away from Ridley Scott when he finished shooting yeah, it, and yeah. two producers wrote um, actually. One wrote a first lead of voiceover, and then that was tossed, and then another guy wrote it, 
Um, and Harrison Ford had to come back to read it and he fucking hates it. So he like begrudgingly did it. And now, but I heard that Harrison he Ford, everything he's been in. I think yeah. I'd heard though, and maybe I was wrong and maybe you guys heard it, that Harrison Ford intentionally did a piss poor job of the voiceover thinking that they would never uh. submit it into the film because he did such a lame acting job yeah. and they used it anyway to his shock. Yeah. Cause he like phoned it in and he was like, they'll never use this. Yeah. That was but the they, first, did, first did. moment I noticed in this watching was just, Oh, God, this is so much better without the voiceover. I'd heard 100%. It before, you don't need 100%. Oh like, uh, the voiceover is not needed in this film well, at all. What I like about having five versions is that you're learning a bit of a lesson in film about studio interference. That is true. You know? Yeah, that is true. I will say, though, and I know I've probably said it many times on the show, I'll, most of the time when the studio um, makes cuts or edits, they're superior to the filmmakers. Yeah. I've noticed that like time uh, and time it can again. Go, it can go both ways for sure. Because the, the filmmakers a, get too close to it. Yeah. And they I, can't let it go and they want to pour all this shit in. But this then, was a bad example. Yeah. But like <clears throat> I've found time and time again that the director's cuts are far longer and far worse. Yeah, worse. And are, are like repeating a lot of the same things over and over again that we get in one scene. They have three scenes. You and I differ a little bit in, in <clears throat> that some, I'm okay with one element. You're 100% correct, by the way. But I'm okay when a director goes back for a director's cut and adds in fan service. Being a bit of a nerd myself, I'm okay that sometimes, like, you know, well, you know, there's the Lord of the Rings movies, there's uh, Gladiator, where they go in and add in a bunch of extra stuff that should never have been in the cinematic release. But if you love this movie enough to go watch it again in a director's cut, I'm going to give you more of what you loved. Doesn't make it stronger. I'm not going to say that. I'm kind of okay with some of that fan service done in hindsight when you don't need to go watch it. Yeah, and right. that's fair if, if people want to seek that out. But, but for the theatrical version, a lot of the times I feel like the studio nails it. Like, Interesting. Yeah, a lot of the time. Like, The Professional is a perfect example. Like, anybody out there, watch The Professional and watch Lyon and see which is better. The American cut of that movie is far superior. Yeah. The and about 45 minutes shorter. Questionable relationships. Well, but I don't like even that. mind the, the, the themes that they add are the, are the sexual But it doesn't innuendos. add anything to the no, movie No, it overall. does. It makes, just makes the movie a lot longer. And, and once again, we know she's in love with Leon. So we don't need 45 minutes more of her being in love with Leon. <laughs> I can Leon. agree with you for sure that I think art is better when there's boundaries or some limits to it. I think it can yeah, improve. I feel I, like I outside that. elements yeah. uh, a lot of the time are correct. Right. <laughs> no okay. passion. All right, so um, I, I do also love the scene with the uh, when the replicant's getting tested at the start, um, and they're showing the eye test, and he's answering the questions, and it's all just who do really you side with? Who, who uncomfortable. Do you... It's so weird. The guy's treating uh, oh shit, so I forget his Leon, name. Leon, Leon, Leon yeah, yeah, he's treating yeah. Leon so badly, and then he's just like breaks, and he's like, "It's a test, Leon. Take it easy." That and I was scene's like, actually that guy's got to get got. That scene's actually not only one of the best scenes yeah. in the movie, yeah. but it almost is too too good like there's uh, the pacing yeah and the the pauses and stuff with oh it's like perfectly acted there's an element of the movie where the humans act less human than the replicants do yeah and this is highlighted right there up front is that leon's extremely human in his responses and the interviewer is just you know almost a robotic, computer jerk yeah. robotic was you know, it abusive yeah when it comes to leon so harrison ford kills leon after but did anyone notice that well first Actually, of all it doesn't there's Isn't a really Sean Young oh him? Sean Young kills yeah. him yeah but did anyone notice that there's a really I've always noticed that there's a really bad edit when the gun gets knocked out of his hand it, it's like so bad that like I you missed know, it I missed it and then yeah. when he, she shoots him in the head there's no blood and it almost seems like he's a robot 
Was that intentional, or they just know. couldn't put the gore factor in? Because I assume they are basically human, other than That's the fact that they, they don't manufactured have manufactured human. Yeah. 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 So like, I thought always thought that was weird, almost like a nod to that he's an android and he doesn't have blood or something. And I was just like, that doesn't. Well, they had blood in the other death scenes for sure. Yeah, she got shot. Oh, in the back. you're Sora totally right. Yeah, yeah. Bled. Like so, maybe when Pris gets blown apart. She's got blood. All you're there, absolutely right? right. So maybe it was just a matter of them not wanting to make that super graphic and gory. Yeah, yeah. Because it was um, a headshot. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of Leon, yeah. how creepy is that scene when they're in the uh, eye store with the, with the eye oh, guy? Yeah. And, <laughs> and while Batty's up. talking to him, Leon's placing eyes on his shoulders yeah. and on his head. That's another great I scene. I love that. It's so creepy. Um, okay, so... The, a, a, we got to talk about the photograph. Oh, come on. Come on. I was going to start talking about things I question. We can start with the photograph, which is total Ooh. horseshit. How do you... Fucking zoom in on a photo and go around a corner of the photo and then get a reflection off a mirror. I would have just edited that out. I don't think it was necessary. He could have found the he could have found the little. Also, what did it really accomplish? I guess it connected the snake, the snake. Uh, what do you call that? Not a cell. Uh, but he has the, that. The piece the of the snake, the scale. But he you. has the scale to her, I guess. But he has the scale and he takes it to the guy and the guy tells him where it's from. So you do right. not need the but, but photographic image. He doesn't know that. And I thought about this a lot, but I guess he doesn't know that the snake has anything to do with her. Until right. he sees her in the photo in the same but apartment once, where they... It's weak. It's pointless. It's, it's totally useless. Weak. Okay, so if you took it out, I don't think it would hurt the movie. It would only improve the movie. So, I don't I think, think it would, so either. It would make it better. So is that an example you were looking for earlier of uh, Scott just saying, look at this text. Yeah, we can, can zoom do. in uh, on photos and zoom in and hand... And then like he's talking about sectors and like G17 zoom in. And it's not Stop. even listening to him half the time. No, it's doing... And then it just, <laughs> it's like, like hands and does things. Like me and my Alexa at home. What the hell? It's like very upsetting. Yeah, that ruined my life. Um, the other thing is that so so I get it so the replicants come down I, I could get you could talk to me about how they need to fit in maybe to, to not be noticed but it seems like Batty is like getting sh shit organized and Pris is going after the toy maker um, and Leon I don't know how he gets picked up in the first place even but but Zora goes to become a stripper that's just what she decided to do is go strip. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll check you guys later. Let me know when we have a plan to conquer the world. I'm going to go strip because no I've always there. wanted to. And oh, like, yeah. She just decided uh, to go get a day job or something, Yeah, I guess. She, she wasn't a pleasure model. Pris was the pleasure model. So yeah. I got nothing. No, yeah, there's, no there's no reason for that. <laughs> I uh, wanted to cut that whole thing out until I read afterwards that it was kind of cool that it helped him contemplate who he was. But I mean, I yeah. like I like the scene between him and her where he does the voice and stuff. Like That's a, one of the few times where you see... Harrison Ford and his career being cheeky or playful. Like yeah. I, 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 it's for me, that scene's always interesting. Cause I can't tell if that's good or bad. I, I think every time I watch this movie, I waffle on is this scene's good or this scene's bad. I think this time I landed on good, but so did he, he find like this did or he something find like the that? Scale? In oh the, yeah, in the that's bathtub. right. He found the scale in, in the Leon's bathtub apartment. and then he goes to the geneticist and finds out that it was a snake scale yep. and that it leads to the strip club. It that's leads, why you don't need the, the photo. It, it leads yeah. to the maker of the snake scale, which tells him to go to the strip club. Which right. is why you don't need the photo at all. And it once again, it's just a waste of time and also super unrealistic. And the older that movie gets, the worse that scene gets. Oh, yeah. Because everyone understands how a photo fucking works. I'm sure they did back <laughs> then, too. Nobody's like holding a photo sideways up close to their eye and looking around the corner. Well, like, I don't know. Like you can zoom in a lot more on an 8K photo than you can on a 4K photo or a 1080p photo. So maybe they get way beyond that. It's I mean, also like the technology and stuff 
my phone is more technologically advanced than the equipment he's working on. Yeah. So once again, you have to overlook a ton and of stuff. What's yeah. with the super high resolution of the photo that he can zoom into, but the printer is like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no resolution. It's still on the, a dot no matrix it's printer. All, it's pixelated. <laughs> the worst pixelated photo of all time. Like I, I can let a lot of that stuff go. Like even if he was just zooming in on a photo and, and it was a high megapixel and we just didn't know what that was at the time. These are but, things but when you it have goes to around can't, When it goes around the corner, even by today's standards, that's that's unforgivable. I've watched it like I rewound that to say, is that going around the corner? And I couldn't say it wasn't. Like, yeah, everybody no, who it, worked on CSI, <laughs> people who worked on CSI literally stole like that type oh of storyline where they would find out evidence by doing these types of things. And this isn't like this zoom is like and enhance. 10 or 15 years ago. It's and not even zoom and enhance. It's like, go go through the doorway there and go around the corner. Go inside <laughs> the, the room of work? the photo and yeah. see who's in that room. Like, did it even need to see a reflection then? Could it not just have panned around? around to show her there <laughs> i think we're risking probably overdoing this bit but oh man yeah no, that's crazy. <laughs> i think it's the most the biggest flawed scene in the movie that could have just been ripped out yeah of it. yeah and i think um to kind of finish up on the zora thing i do also love harrison ford's what is he a reporter um a magazine <laughs> yeah and oh, it's like to get something for my that's, uh, uh for like, my, my readers like that's that's black comedian's white guy voice yeah is what <laughs> yeah see did you guys like did you like his voice in there i thought it was funny it this was time like, this time i character this time i liked it it showed some personality because sure. I'll say once again, and he's playing a pretty deadpan guy in a dystopian future, but I it just don't think Harrison Ford is a good actor. You know, and in this, I heard it you guys, was it in, it, I think it was in your Star Wars episode when I heard you say, I thought Harrison Ford was great in this, and now I'm saying he's not. So I was that was in my head watching this, and I realized he's an awesome actor when he's getting the shit beaten out of him. Out, outside <laughs> of that, he's not. That's but, just but a personal preference, His maybe. success probably comes from being... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like him a ton. I got an indie hat at home, but I think that that he uh, he's an everyman, and I think that's probably where his success comes from. That everybody yeah. can sort of he's not a superhero. He gets the crap beaten out of him. He's extremely human and fallible, and plays quiet well. Yeah, but you're right. He's he's just not a great actor. No. And it's so funny because I remember long ago he was on like a on a CNN like what's his face interview with uh, the guy with the suspenders King oh yeah and he was talking right, like, about how he doesn't work on his acting and he, he, he doesn't believe in the method and he doesn't believe right, in acting right. he's like he just goes and he like talks on the screen with the script he read it yeah. but he's the biggest box office success actor in history it's right? true so can't, oh, it's yeah. true it's not that. it's undeniable like maybe it's his looks and he does have the charm and some of the swagger and like when he's the scoundrel um, uh, Han Solo and but well, I thought one, that worked more, before. I actually thought his best acting was maybe in that scene where he was using the voice about being the. That's uh, why. That's why I like that scene the, because in the movie, I, in this movie, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. why I like that. scene. Except for maybe the very end death scene. There's a yeah. lot going on in his face. It's there, so but, out yeah. of character for him, and that's why I feel like it was interesting. It's still interesting today to watch him kind of doing something like that because in no other movie does he. He's always so serious. Yeah. No, even as even as Indiana Jones, I mean, he has some like one-liners and like, but he's a serious guy and mm -hmm. pretty much everything. He might actually be better in Indiana Jones because he puts the comedy in there. I, I will have that's got to go on our bucket list here. Yeah, is, that's is a Indy. good point. Because I, yeah. I like seeing him yeah. open up and smile and have some personality. Because maybe then I'll say he's a better actor. But when he's just the deadpan serious the whole time, I'm not into it. I just don't think you yeah. can pull that off maybe. as well. Um, what else, uh, just to finish up the Zora scene, um, when she's like getting shot through the glass and it's all the slow-mo breaking the glass as she's, as she's running. Iconic I, scene. I don't, I, I, I don't like that. 
I think that's a t- way too over. I the think top. you're both right. Yeah, yeah. There you <laughs> it's go. Not, it's, it's memorable it's for it's maybe I, not. <laughs> but it's exactly where I fall asleep every time I watch the movie. Is right about there, and it's I did I, again last night. It's iconic, <laughs> but it's not good. Yeah, I think it was be, it. because they were. I agree with you that it's not good. Yeah, yeah. okay. But like, yeah. it's one of the scenes that this movie is is known <laughs> it's, for. It's the problem that your podcast exactly presents to me every time I listen <laughs> to an episode. Is like, oh, there's that iconic moment that. Doesn't land anymore. I know. I'm trying not to say hold up, but you know. Yeah. No. It doesn't land, and I also feel like the scenes between him and her, other than the first scene, where um where he tells her that her memories are implants and she walks out, I actually really like that scene. Yeah. But I feel like all the rest of the scenes between him and her aren't very good. No. And, And the rapey scene, which me and Dave were talking about on the way over in the car, I I I feel like. It, like the it, the rapiness bothers me a little bit more this it time, does. but but not enough to ruin that scene. But I just don't feel like they're very. The, either of them is a very good actor. I feel like she's wooden and he's wooden. Yeah, you have two wooden people I on had, a scene. I shared yeah. it with you in the car, and I don't think it it resonated with you, but um, came up with this all on my own. So you can it, it wasn't from <laughs> external sources. But I watched the awkwardness of that scene, and I thought about it's kind of about he is actually reacting to two things. He's attracted to her, but he's also disgusted by the fact that she's this slave. She's she's essentially a replicant. She's a nothing. So there's so then I kind of thought, well, would, would this is this what would look like a slave owner being sexually attracted to a slave way back when we had slavery? And 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 I know that that's a real stretch, but there was something about the aggression that was not sexual. Um, that was uncomfortable and I don't know that it, it when I had that thought I was a little more understanding of maybe what he's trying to display there Yeah, I feel like it's the yeah. acting <laughs> though that's bad. No, I, I, <laughs> that was pretty dark That's, that's not yeah, hard to sorry. Agree with. I mean they are considered slaves and that's an interesting thought But for me, it's the acting I feel like they're both so deadpan the two of them as actors yeah. and at least in this movie She's even worse than he you is. need someone you need a counterbalance. You need someone who's a little she is worse than him You need someone who's a little care like charismatic brings the scene energy. You mm-hmm. can't have two dead sticks. Mm-hmm. No, two they, dead they obviously sticks intentionally cast an actress who has no emotional facial range. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. for some of the scenes, it makes sense that she's serious when she's doing her job. Um, Absolutely. And then you like she's a replicant, so maybe they're trying to play off that. I don't want to say robotic because they're not robots, but maybe that's part of the personality they built in for her. Yeah. Um, but she does at some point try and make jokes and smile. Uh, and then like you realize out of the office, she's exactly the same wooden robotic person. It's just n- none of it is cool. And, yeah. and for all you guys out there, when a lady tries to leave your apartment, you let her go. You don't grab her <laughs> and then force yourself on her and hope that she's then into it because that's yeah, still that's, rape. Yeah, that doesn't is. play today. One hundred percent. So that's wrong. And bad, if she does go harassing. along with it, she's going along with it out of fear for her yeah, fucking exactly. life, and she's not going along for it because all of a sudden she instantly became attracted to you in the middle of the assault. Yeah. Do not do that. No, don't do that. Good public um, disclosure there. <laughs> so now let's talk a bit more about something I do like, which is um, most of the stuff with JF Sebastian. Uh, really, really cool and quirky character for me. Um, Love it, that, that actor. All that stuff seems so surreal. What is it with that guy? Surreal he's is JF a good Sebastian word. in this, and he's E.B. Farnham in Deadwood. Does he always like to have abbreviated names? Because I was gonna say, because <laughs> um, I was gonna say, it almost comes off as uh, really bizarre. But I think uh, so sad when she when she kisses him and shows him some affection, and he immediately starts to cry and turns away. Yeah, it's like is that that did that come from him being completely excluded from society and someone's touched him for once? Like, well, I like the line. Yeah. I also like the line where he says, "You look better," and then and she says, "Better, just better," and he says, "You're beautiful." or whatever and yeah. that's an awkward 
I he mean, plays that so well. What was the term you used for those scenes? Surreal. Surreal. Uh, yeah. That that is a great description of all of the scenes with his character. I yeah, think. And, and his toys and the clockwork um, elements walking around. Yeah, yeah. all that yeah. stuff that is just one, so weird. The one thing with the long nose that keeps yeah. trembling, <laughs> keeps trembling, and they keep putting in a shot. Awkwardly sexual. Was yeah. that? Was that? <laughs> Was that supposed to be humor? Maybe that's just me. Because no, <laughs> I laugh. I laugh when they cut away to him trembling. Yeah. And I don't know if that was supposed to be funny. Don't but know. I think it's Maybe hilarious. you're laughing at the awkwardness of the moment, right? Yeah. Well, it is awkward. Yeah. yeah. And that, that little creepy long-nosed guy <laughs> seems like he's into it in some weird sick way. He's yeah. like trying to make himself a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So that, I mean, all of those little creatures that he's created, um, they just start to pang more at your questions around what does it mean to be alive? Or to, or to be human because are those things they're obviously off doing their own thing they're very self-sustaining uh, JF doesn't pay a lot of attention but he calls them his friends does he or his mm -hmm. yep. yeah these yeah. are my friends my friends I made them yeah yeah. Um, and then he's seeing and marveling at the at the replicants the model of replicants that they are and, and um, he even has that appreciation for them even though he seems mostly I think all those scenes are solid pretty much even when Roy shows up and stuff and yeah. then they have that little conversation about them and him appreciating the I wrote down, I, f I really feel like there's some symbolism there that I'm missing, but there's a lot going on and I think it works for me. Yeah. With the and, whole and, thing. And I think there is a plays... lot going on. Those are probably the deepest scenes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause the guy mm -hmm. who plays JF is like, he's a, obviously a, a particular type of person who's been, I don't want to say sheltered. That's not the right word, but, um, when he does get shown that affection by Pris or any mm -hmm. attention, he, the way he picks it up, he, he kills it. Um, so he does he's a really got good makeup job. on his face for this, doesn't he? Because he's got an exaggerated <laughs> amount of wrinkles. Like there's I, something. There must be, but even in here. even in Deadwood, he's he's got that rough complexion. Yeah, yeah rough um, complexion, which works. But, yeah, yeah, maybe it maybe it's yeah, some it added stuff because he would have been very weird. young when this movie happened, so he might not have looked. I actually think quite maybe those aged. scenes are more interesting than the scenes yeah. between Deckard and uh, and her. Oh, hundred percent. So I feel like that hurts. See, the thing that really hurts this movie is that um, I feel like Deckard is actually the least interesting character because I find right. Roy way more fascinating than Deckard. You don't get to know much about Deckard. He, and, just, he hunts and he gets, he gets the job and, done. And one of the best scenes and also one of the most iconic, memorable scenes in the movie is when he hmm. meets, he meets the, his maker. And what I love about that scene is his matter-of-fact to the point and he is a genius. And I love the idea that when he's talking to him, it's like two geniuses talking because he's like, have you tried this? And it's like something very biological and technical. Yeah. And he's like, we tried it, didn't work. And then he keeps saying, well, what about like, you know, like, does anyone remember the dialogue? Like, no, no but, but, but that bit you're talking about actually saved that scene for me. I was struggling with it until they kind of got into that. And but I thought, but oh, okay. he's like, what yeah. about Gene? Do, degradation or whatever and he's it like, kind of oh, lost we... me when he had never seen the chessboard going up in the elevator and he called out the winning chess move without yeah. seeing the board i thought there's no algorithm for that that took, that took me right out of it but but that's i thought he i don't know see... how your game has progressed <laughs> i thought he did see the chessboard back at his house because i saw him moving pieces oh, oh was there a, a version of it back at sebastian's oh, house and i missed maybe. it all right withdrawn yeah he it, well it's the same one the final cut yeah when that's he's right. when they're talking and she pulls the egg out and stuff oh, he's okay. looking at the chessboard and he says who's uh oh, well then that makes it pretty cool yeah he's like how is your opponent or who's your opponent and he's like he's like a genius he's beat me like i've only beat him once or something like that and he nice. he actually moves some pieces on the chessboard yeah is there a little homoerotic tension between the two of them as they're going up in the elevator and he's saying sebastian you need to come up and we need to discuss this and then and then i felt mm. it again when batty kissed him kissed the sign kissed uh, tyrell 
as well. I thought it, I thought there was something going on there with Tyrell. Maybe they're trying to tell us something about that character. I'm not sure. Maybe. I, I thought I, it was I more so it was just aloof. It was like a kiss of death. Like well, there, it like certainly it certainly was that. But, but like I think he's just was it also something he wanted? Fucking with him. No, but no, I love Tyrell, not yeah, Fanny, no. but. but but I love how how <laughs> smart and knowledgeable he is in genetics and and has come up with some ideas and he's like basically giving them to his maker and his maker's like these are all things i've like i'm way beyond you we've tried all of this stuff that was pretty cool yeah. and then and then he realizes he's fucked yeah and then he wants it's just a great scene and once again wecker Harrer is so much better in this than harrison ford that once again i'm more interested in wecker Harrer. i wish wecker Harrer had made it bigger because i wish he, he'd been given better vehicles he crushes I, this i've movie. watched a little bit of the other stuff <laughs> that he's done in the last i don't know five years and and he's so much better Hobo than with the a stuff shotgun. That, this is so much better than the stuff that he's in. I, yeah. I, I think. But. No, he one hundred percent. And in yeah. the, this movie in particular, I don't know why this didn't launch him into at least being like the best menacing bad guy in movies. He right. should have been. He right. should have been like a Gary Oldman or a, a what's uh, what's his name who just recently an Alan Wickman. He should yeah. have been one of those guys. Like instead, he's like yeah, that's well a lot of people don't know yeah. who he is. <laughs> it's true. Uh, like you could say he's not a household name like Alan Wickman or Gary Oldman. I don't even know if those are household household names but they're definitely on the list of every hollywood producer at the time for like a villain are and i mean a lot they both those actors broke out and became like like you know like prolific yeah, yeah. like oldman like just with his his winston churchill or <clears throat> wickman with some of the last films he was doing mm -hmm. like eye in the sky like harry potter seven no, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um but why was he not picked up and like done more of i do not I don't know, know. I don't know. Like Rickman and uh, Die Hard is like just one of the greatest suavest villains ever. And I feel like this is a good example of of Rickman's Die Hard. Yeah. Or, I mean of Rucker's Die yeah, Hard. Yeah, no, I think uh, he was solid and like right down to the final scene. All right, so I mean we're we're dragging on long with this episode, but uh <laughs> Um, Can I just say Daryl Hannah drives me crazy in this. I think she's terrible in it. She's yeah. awkward. The final fight with uh, with Deckard when she decides back to slips. stop killing him and come back in with the backflip for the killing blow is just and her crazy screeching. If this yeah. is how these guys fight, we're okay. Yeah, like no, we'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. Gonna, just carry a gun and wait for the backflip maneuver <laughs> yeah. of death, and then shoot them in the spine. Like, <laughs> sorry to do that to you. No, I, <laughs> that's totally true. And then, like, I, I don't know. One thing that's always bothered me. Um, so first, like. When he's fighting um, uh, Rugger Hauer and Rugger's running from room to room and fucking with him, mm -hmm. that that some of that's okay. It gets a little bit too much. He's like, why not just kill him? I guess. But then you find it helped out later me a little on. bit to have the thought that said that maybe it's because Rutger Hauer knows he's going to die right away. He yeah. doesn't really care what happens. Yeah. Then maybe playing with your prey makes some sense. But yeah. outside, I, I think the ending. That, I think the last moment in the movie makes all of that make sense. It kind of. Because, it, it kind of does, but. Because to me, this ending is is one of the best endings yeah. like of any movie. Yeah. Like because the it, the idea is so simple that that the if, first half of the speech, listening to it now, knowing it's so iconic, a little bit of sci-fi jargon that makes no sense, moonbeams off that, and I thought, oh man, this isn't as good as I remember. But the yeah. back half of it is awesome. Yeah, I feel like it, it makes yeah. up. I makes because like the the overwhelming the overwhelming feeling for him is that he just doesn't want to die alone, and he'll take anybody to die with. Yeah, to me, that's what that means. Yeah. To me, is is he knows he's going to die, and nobody wants to die alone, and nobody wants to you know to be forgotten. Yeah, there'd be no point to killing anymore because no. he's going to die. So yeah, yeah and so so I the fact it. he wants to be to to express something to anybody in his last seconds. Yeah, is so overpowering that even though this guy killed all his friends. 
he's the only one around that he can share his final moment with is so powerful hmm. and so incredible. Yeah. That right. it yeah, makes the, the ending. The, 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 sharing that final moment with your enemy and finding a common piece between yeah, sure. the two. I don't know, Warriors is a bit strong, but... Oh, no, yeah, it's pretty fun. Basically, you know, yeah. It's not personal, right? Like, yeah. Deckard had a job to do, and... Yeah, and remember Daddy the scene when, to... when he was escaping out the window and he was climbing up, and they were both smiling at each other, even though they were in, like, a you know a, a fight to the death? Yeah. I really liked that, actually. It kind of resonated with that sort of gentleman warrior thought. You know, I, I don't know. It worked for me. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like the, the tension and all of that's really well-directed where he grabs him and, and lifts him up onto the... Yeah roof like that he's gonna fall and he really he's slipping yeah that was all done quite well i mean i have always loved the last 10 minutes of this movie yeah. other than like yeah well anything after when wrecker howard dies i yeah i think once the cop says yeah i mean the movie's over for me once the cop says uh what does he say on the rooftop he's like Oh shit! She uh, may have. He, well, he he he's referring back to Rachel, right? Yeah, saying too bad she has to die. Yeah, uh, but then again, don't we all? I think is what he said. That was the line. Yeah, actually, yeah. like that line. Yeah, and the tears in rain. Um, A great line by Rucker Howard. That was ad libbed by him. No way. But yeah. Actually, that whole speech was written yeah. by him and ad libbed. The ad libbed at the end. They yeah. put really? It in. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. He he wrote that whole rain. final piece. They threw out what was in the script. Yeah. Rutger Howard. Yeah. 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 Oh, fucking he, a. And he definitely ad libbed the last bit. And he came, just yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Fucking cool. Yeah. And and that is to me that that is humanity right there. Right. We're all gonna die, and our memories and and what makes us ninety nine percent of it is just gonna wash away. Like and so to to me that to me that is what the point of the movie is and like whether Deckard is a fucking replicant or she's going to die or she has it. None of that means anything to me because that other move, that other, that other point or that other theme lands because it, it affects everyone. Yeah. It affects all of us as human beings and Rutger, whether Deckard's a replicant or not does not. So to me then to focus on any of that after that moment yeah. kind of weakens the movie for me because you take the universal theme and then you go back to like, but is he a replicant or yeah. is she going to die? Well, or like, it's just who gives a shit? A core theme is mortality and identity. But I agree, right. I agree with you that whether or not he's a replicant is fascinating. I just don't care. That's, yeah. that's kind of a problem for me in, in being totally bought into that. Yeah. Reveal. And, and it changes the theme from like maybe what was intentional on, on what does it mean to be human? And then it makes it about death and mortality, which maybe you could argue are, are similar or the same thing. But I think hmm. it's more about, anyway. I think it's more about um, when it comes down to Rutger Hauer dying at the end that he just didn't want to die alone. And there's that fear of the and unknown so, and, and that's wanting so that comfort in the last month. That is a very simple and amazing theme. And everyone can understand that theme. Everyone can understand yeah, replicant are all yeah. this other shit so like that is where you needed to land it yeah yeah and then they and then like all these other versions have like cars driving through trees and unicorns <laughs> and it's like who gives a shit yeah like I, know when you've like finished i i love um this is a love-hate thing for me but when rucker howard's giving his final speech and he's talking about all the things he saw i'm like i want to see that like part of me is like i want i wanted maybe would rather the movie have been about some of that but i don't really yeah the fact that that's where it takes my imagination yeah is awesome and if I you were to like make the... that movie i would fucking hate you for it so don't ever do it because <laughs> i love those memories and this is why like sequels and prequels would be so questionable if it went that way um but this doesn't and maybe it just, a book maybe that'd make a, fan, a great book there is a book yeah of of that part no not of that part yeah. i don't know how much of that is included in philip k dick's yeah book that uh, that's, was based uh, on, but that's but, what i mean 
is an oftentimes, oftentimes characters reveal things about themselves. Not much. I think it was pretty dramatically changed from. Uh, they didn't read the book. Do Android's even. dream of electric sheep. Yeah. They didn't read it. Well, no, they go. didn't read it. Wow. They just wrote the script based on the idea. And what? Uh, I guess Philip K. Dick died while it was being made. Oh. Um, and they were like, here's some of the set pieces. And Philip K. Dick said, hey, you brought it to life. And they were like, we didn't read your book. <laughs> so that what? Was, wow. they didn't, they yeah. fu- what wow. the f- That's fucking the crazy. Title, the title was enough. No, I guess. Eh? <laughs> and they yeah. didn't even use the title. Just they the got idea. rid of the title. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Blade Runner is a good title. Um, and then, yeah, we get the final, the final bits where uh, Deckard runs away with, uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Only thing I, that does that I kind of like is it sets up the second one, and I did want a second one, and we can talk about that another time. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm, I, I did not. But. <laughs> I, 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 I'm also a, a fan of would have left this one alone. Yeah, but that I mean, not as beautiful as the other one is looking. Yeah. Oh, beautiful and sounding amazing. Yeah, beautiful um, sound, and and I think that's one thing that when when Colin and I get locked into a debate, I, I feel there's a little bit of a difference. Is for me. I almost want to say script ends up being secondary mm. for the emotions that the music and the sound and the visuals pull out of me. I tend to really, really enjoy that. And I, I had a thought while I was watching this, I could almost take the dialogue out entirely and follow this movie just fine because it's so visually well laid out. And I'm fine with having no dialogue. I'm just, I'm just all about the story. Oh, for sure. And I'm, I, and I'm not taking that away at all. And I yeah. want, I want both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So much to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things we talked about in Aliens was the sound design made a lot of those scenes, like the pulsing of them, the uh, motion sensors, yeah, and the ticking clock and the countdown with the meters, and then them weeding it out. I mean, sound design is a huge important element, yeah. and music is a huge Im- music is can make a movie. Like there's scenes where if they didn't use that exact piece of music, it wouldn't be as powerful. You can think of movies like The Godfather or even like as current as Arrival, like with the ending scene of Arrival with that beautiful piece of violin music. I mean, music can make a scene. Yeah. And that's why this movie, when the music is offensive, (laughs) can ruin a scene as quickly. Like when she's playing the piano... They actually have music over top of her playing the fucking piano. Why would they do that? The song she's playing is so beautiful and simple. It's a couple notes. And then they layer fucking composed, bad composed music over top of that scene. Whose idea was that? I'll fucking, I would fucking, oh, it's so upsetting when you see that happened. All right. Um, yeah, Johnny, what's your version? Blade Runner. Oh, God. <laughs> I gotta, I Don't gotta, no, I know this movie. <laughs> we need um, some more time. Apparently. I know, but th- no, this movie, when I watched it this most recent time, did not hold up. Um, even though there's many parts of it I liked, and even more I wanted to like, it just, th- it all comes down to that there are a couple of really good and engaging scenes, but um, I wanted it to be more about what it means to be human and it just that that's not what it had me questioning it it kind of set up this cool little dystopian world but i just didn't find the events happening within that world that fascinating um but i mean like th- there is some great stuff with the with the toy maker with jf and um uh maybe this movie should have been more about um rudger hauer and not about deckard i don't know deckard's character just as a main character he's just flat A little bit of digging that I did uh, before coming was I heard someone say that the movie almost belongs more in a museum than in the cinema. 
And yeah. there's something to that. Yeah, and I like other movies that I've said have not hold up. Um, like this, this is a revolutionary movie for for its tone and and the world it's building. The, the dystopian, it, it looks beautiful. It is a very slow and deliberate movie, so a lot of people won't like it for that reason. I don't hate it for that reason. I just think that the payoff doesn't end up being enough to save it. And um, but I'll always appreciate elements of this movie for sure. Um, but I just gotta say, it does not hold up. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that. I probably would have reverse engineered this movie from the ending to the beginning and you would have came up with a much better movie because that theme is so powerful that if you kind of would have structured the movie around around uh, the mortality and the, what makes us human, they just seem to get lost a little bit along the way. Um, uh, and this movie was so revolutionary in, in its look and the special effects. And, and I mean... It's it just does it doesn't hold up today, but once again I appreciate it for for what it did for cinema. Yeah, does, like we're but, reviewing it on its on its face today, like yeah. from technical and story and all that stuff. But there's in no way are we saying that this movie doesn't or it doesn't hold up because it doesn't have its place in history. And that if you're a film fan, like you got to watch it and you got to break it down for yourself this to see is like a, what worked. Yeah. And, and now today, because we have technology or took can take the time, like who knows what challenges Ridley Scott ran into making this. Obviously the studio was fighting him on a lot of stuff. Maybe yeah. if he had had a bit more time or whatever, he could have pulled some things out of his ass, but um, but yeah, if you're a film, if you're a film aficionado or a filmmaker, it's a must watch. You have yeah. to see this yeah. film, yeah. but I don't think it holds up. I, I, I don't think I, I, it holds up. I think up. you guys said it absolutely perfectly. <clears throat> I almost don't want to add a word to it, other than I honestly, I think I'll lose my nerd card for saying it, but I don't think that I ever really liked the movie. Would be that you know, I, I think I struggled with it all along. This viewing and and not to use the terms again, but 4K Dolby Atmos, completely immersive. I liked it for the first time, but if I never liked it, I can't really say that it held up now. So I, I would say it doesn't hold up, but it's visually beautiful. It's extremely enjoyable if that's the kind of movie that you could enjoy. And I love that you said you should be analyzing it for yourself if you're a film buff. So yeah. you have to. You yeah. have to. This is a movie that's on a list, a, a long list of movies that that you have to go back and see if you've never seen it. And you are a, like a filmmaker, or you're into anything like science yeah. fiction. Yeah, because it. Because it revolutionized filmmaking. Yeah, early 80s sci-fi was like, didn't look good and therefore was tougher to sell um, to crowds. And this movie went up against E.T., for God's sake. So it didn't do well critically. People were like, it's too slow. What the fuck is this shit? And then over time, people were like, oh, I'm starting to pick up what the idea of this was. And it slowly became this yeah. cult classic over time. And uh, changed and influenced cinema. There's a dozen movies you could list that clearly drew from this movie yeah i mean it's it, we're better for it there's yeah. lots of movies yeah. we've we've reviewed that i've i've literally hated on yeah. a set on a now watch and this is not one no of those. this is, this not, is not one of those not movies no just yeah. does just doesn't yeah. hold up all right blade runner let's take a blade to this one and cut its throat <laughs> all right <laughs> everybody you have a great cool. day we'll see you next time Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.